Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 205. Ever since smartphones came on the scene, we have seen them gradually overtake our culture. They've become a constant presence in both our professional and our personal lives. However, this constant sensory overload and overwhelm of information makes our thoughts scattered, impacts our feelings, and ultimately shapes our lives. Today, I am so excited to talk about how I have been personally working on battling the screen addiction and five tips that you can take away today to disconnect a little bit more with your phone and reconnect with life. Before we dive on into today's show, I want to read the review of the week. This review comes from A.R. Kels, and it says, great, well-rounded advice for small businesses. So happy I found Jenna's podcast. Love how she takes abstract, scary concepts. I'm looking at you, marketing, and makes them manageable. Listening has seriously encouraged me to take steps towards growth in my side hustle. Thank you so much, A.R. Kels, for this review. Guys, do you want to be the review of the week? I mean, all you have to do is just leave a review and then there's a good chance that I can read yours on this very show. I have to tell you, if you listen to podcasts, the number one thing you can do for me or any other host out there that is working hard to put out this content for you is to leave a review. I know, I know you're thinking I'll get around to it, but I want you to get around to it before you listen to this episode about reducing your screen time. Okay. So without further ado, let's dive on into today's show. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. 
You guys, Skillshare is amazing. And I want to thank them for sponsoring this episode. Skillshare is offering you a limited time offer of two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash gold digger. Again, head to Skillshare.com slash gold digger to get two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. That's crazy. You can't miss it. Special thanks to Trip Actions for sponsoring today's episode of Gold Digger. Trip Actions takes the pain out of managing corporate travel to help businesses save money and keep employees happy. Learn more at tripactions.com slash gold digger. This month only attend a free 30-minute demo and you'll get a $100 Amazon gift card. Did you know that the average smartphone user uses their phone two hours and 51 minutes per day. And the average user clicks, swipes, and taps 2,617 times per day. 47% of parents are concerned that their child is addicted to screens, while 89% of parents blame themselves. The amount of screen time per day, regardless of what the content is, goes hand in hand with higher instances of depression. I mean, all that is crazy. I've heard a stat that like the average person opens up Instagram 58 times a day, 58 times a day. With all this usage, it's easy to assume that phones are impacting our productivity. And as a businesswoman, I want my work to be focused, intentional and not scattered, diverting my attention from one app to the next. I mean, guys, let's be honest. How many of you have found yourself where you're clicking from Facebook and then to Instagram and then you're refreshing your email and then you're back at Facebook and then you're back at Instagram and you're like, what am I doing? Like, when did we get so bored? It's insane. Now, not only from a business perspective, but like a life perspective, I want my life to be present and focused and intentional. And something tells me that you might want that too. Like, I really want to live not refresh my feed every few minutes. And while it sounds totally great, I understand how difficult it can be to break our phone and screen habits, which is exactly why I wanted to make this episode full of tangible tips, tricks, and methods that are going to ensure that you can put your phone down and keep your eyes up. Now, let's think about how things have changed. I mean, I remember when I got my first cell phone, it was when I turned 16. It was one of those cool Nokia ones with the snake game. Anyone else? Anyone else? I might be aging myself. But I remember how you had to pay like 10 cents per text message. And I'd beg my mom and like give her my dollar bills for my allowance so that I could text my friends. And remember the days of dial up. And I mean, just everything has changed so much. And nowadays, it's like our phones are like an extension of our body. I was talking to a doctor the other day, and they were saying that People's necks are suffering so bad from looking down at their screens. Like, it's just crazy because we all know that we're doing it and yet we don't really stop. I mean, phone usage is everywhere. Like, we've all been there that moment of free time where we instantly just reach for our phone, not even thinking about it. I mean, we don't even realize it. And one day I deleted a few apps off my phone to reduce my usage. And I realized like my thumb would automatically move to click that app even when it didn't exist there. Like that is showing how much of a creature of habits we've become with our phones. And so how the heck did it get like this? Like, do you ever have this thing and you're like, how do we get to this point? Like, where did we go wrong? 
Like increasingly since smartphones have released, so have their capabilities. And so while cell phones used to be for like, you know, calling people, they have become this vessel for taking photos and answering emails and navigation systems, recording devices, business tools, the list goes on and on. With the increased phone capabilities that have evolved rapidly, it is no wonder that we have become more dependent as the years go on. As our phone features increase, so does our dependence on them. The other day I was on a plane and I was laughing because, you know, when the flight attendants are like, okay, guys, you can use your phones, but they have to be in airplane mode. And you can just see everyone frantically refreshing their feeds, pulling up their email one last time, sending out that last text message. Like they can't believe they're about to be in the air without Wi-Fi. Like you would think that it was worse than getting your teeth pulled. And I laugh because we all do this. It's like this dependency where we freak out, like what's going to happen if I'm off my phone for the next two hours? And it just, it happens to all of us. And I think that when I read things on social media and when I talk to you guys in person and, and when I think about what I really want for my own life, it's more presence. And yet my phone right now, it's within reach. And chances are yours is too. Maybe you're listening on it right now. And so what is the issue? Like we use our smartphones more. And so what's a big deal? But actually our phone usage impacts us on an emotional, a mental and a physical level. Emotionally, like constantly being connected via social media is shown to increase comparison. Anyone? Issues with self-confidence, raise your hand, and increased feelings of loneliness. Like we have never been able to be so connected and yet disconnected at the same time. It also impacts us mentally. From a mental standpoint, it constantly has us feeling attached to devices and that's been correlated with being less productive, with having a shorter attention span, and feeling less present in day-to-day life. And then physically, Many people don't think that screens impact our physical status, but smartphones have been shown to negatively impact our sleep, potentially negatively impact our thumbs, that's weird, from typing and scrolling, and constantly exposing us to, you know, those awful blue lights. Does anyone have blue blockers out there, those sweet glasses that block those blue lights? So let's talk about how do we take steps towards a healthier relationship with screens, like This is not a cold turkey challenge so much as a day-to-day life and business. Like we have to figure out what is our screen relationship going to look like? And I don't want it to be filed under complicated. And so I have five tips that I want to help you use so that you can transform your relationship with screens for good. Trust me, this is something we have been working on, sometimes successfully, sometimes not so successfully. But I think we should just be all in on this together. Number one has been an absolute game changer. And we stick to this. Do not sleep with a phone in your room. Rule number one, most important, sleep is the absolute foundation of our health. And if we are interrupting those precious hours of sleep by staying up late scrolling or even worse, scrolling first thing in the morning, you are doing no favors to your sleep habits and subsequent emotional, mental, and physical effects. 
but Jenna, it's my alarm clock. Like if you rely on your phone for an alarm clock, something tells me that instead of turning it off when it wakes you up, you go down the rabbit hole of checking all your messages, opening every social media app and checking out your inbox before your feet even hit the ground. Like while it is tempting to check in on what happened overnight, you know, while you were doing this thing called sleeping, taking your phone out of your bedroom is going to help you be more productive and it's going to increase your overall wellness. Now, Drew and I started doing this when we moved and we actually started at our old house, but we got really serious about it when we moved. And so when dinner time hits, we plug our phones in in the kitchen, which is downstairs and our bedroom is upstairs. And we allow ourselves to check our phones once before bed. And then we go to bed and we bought you guys, you can buy an alarm clock on Amazon for like $10. So we have an actual alarm clock that we don't usually use that's on my nightstand. And it is so amazing just how our day starts so differently when we're not both laying in bed side by side scrolling on our phones. Like, do you ever stop yourself when you're on your phone and you look at the person next to you and you're like, I'm basically telling you that these strangers on the internet are more important than you are. Like, That's what we're doing. And so when we started charging our phones in our bedrooms, like Drew was a little upset with me, but I was like, no, we're going to stick to this. But it has been so nice. The way that we go to bed and the way that we wake up is so incredibly different. And it just starts our day off connected instead of being disconnected. I mean, there's something about just laying in bed a few extra minutes while you wake up and think about things you're thankful for. Like lately, I've been trying to just spend 10 minutes in bed no phones, snuggling, petting the pups and practicing gratitude. Like it helps me start my days so much less frantic in the mornings. And I feel this sense of like thankfulness and joy and not dread about what I need to do for the day. So like, what would your life look like if you took an extra 10, 20, maybe even 30 minutes to end your day and start your day right? Like, what would that look like for you? For me, I read before I go to sleep. And so instead of looking at my screen, I'm reading a book for fun or I'm reading a devotional or I'm reading something that centers me. Instead about reading about everyone else's lives, I'm like, let me pour into myself a little bit. And if you can make these tweaks and spend a little time reflecting and stretching and moving and prioritizing, you're going to feel more focused, more excited and more grounded as you enter your day. Like these tiny little tweaks to your routine can make a huge difference. There is a statistic and I don't remember exactly what it is. So just take it from me. Okay. But when we open our phones first thing and we check our emails first thing in the morning, our efficiency levels decrease dramatically. Why? Because now we are planning our days around what everyone else needs from us. Like basically our day is now to put out the fires that have been set in our inbox overnight. But if we can create before we consume, and I know we've talked about this on the show and I know it is really hard to do, but if we can start figuring out what am I going to create today? What do I need to get done today before I serve anyone else? Because ultimately you're going to be serving more people if you can focus on those things that you really got to get done. And I got really good for a while and I need to get back into it. Like full disclosure, guys, I totally struggle with this too. But for a while, I would not open up anything on my phone until after 10 a.m. 
And I can tell you that my mental psyche was so much better. It was after a second miscarriage and where I was working through a lot of personal things. And my doctor was like, you know, like, what would it look like if you just get up and you go on a walk and you don't check your phone and you figure out like, here's my game plan for the day. And it really did work. And I need to get back into that because I just remember feeling lighter and I felt like I had a plan for the day and I felt excited. And I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we base our days around what everyone needs of us. And then we finish a day and we're like, what did I even get done? And so if we could just kind of retrain ourselves starting from the moment we wake up, it could be huge. Number two is shutting off at 7 p.m. at night. I know you guys are probably like, yeah, right, girlfriend. But this can make a huge difference. Evening can be such a precious time. I don't know about you, but this is a time when Drew and I are actually together. We're not working. Maybe you have children or friends or loved ones or even just time to like recharge by yourself fellow introverts unite, right? And do we want to fill that time with mindless scrolling? Like, no. Think of all the other things you could do that would actually fill your cup instead of deplete you instead. Maybe it's baking or a family movie night or reading that book you've been meaning to finish for years or writing a note to a loved one or writing in a journal or taking time to go after that to-do list that has been weighing on you. Like, What would it look like if we set our phones down and we actually took time for ourselves? Like I get it. Our screens are basically like this extra limit at this point. But I promise you that once you get over that initial discomfort of not having your screens on you 24-7, you'll instantly feel lighter and more connected to the real life magic happening all around you. I was recently at a retreat with about 120 women. I was a keynote speaker. And when I go to things like that, I just leave my phone. And it's so funny because I'll be traveling and I'll, I'll text you and I'll say, I made it here safely. I'm going to be a little bit offline. Just want you to know I love you. And, and I stick to that. And it was so funny because I would be talking to people and they'd be like, oh my God, I feel so naked without my phone. Like, oh, this feels so weird. I don't have any service. I'm freaking out. And I'm like, oh, I just feel so free. And I think that if we don't get past that initial uncomfortableness, we're never going to get to that free feeling. Like for any runners out there, you all know like the first mile sucks, right? And you're like, I am dying. I need water. Somebody's going to have to pick me up on the side of the road. And then when you push through and you keep going, it gets easier. Same thing with screen time. And so what we try to do is at the end of the day, we really try... At dinnertime, phones go away. We've already been on them all day with work and just having them connected to us. It is time to disconnect. And I really feel like when it comes to relationships, it helps us to focus more. Like we have way more conversations during those hours together. I read books for fun. I appreciate my snuggly little dogs. And and thinking about when we have a child, like what that will look like. I really do want to have boundaries. Like I don't want to have my kid seeing my phone and bringing it over to me because they think it needs to be attached to my hand. The episode with Erin Lochner on my show was one of my favorites. And she told me how she would put her phone in the drawer during the day 
and lay out a Bible where it usually was. And when she felt herself being drawn over to where her phone was, instead, she would do something better with her time. So maybe it's not a Bible for you. Maybe it's something totally different, but just this reminder of refocusing, recentering, and asking yourself, like, is now a good time? And for me, after 7 p.m., it's not a good time. Number three is this, and you have to trust me on it, okay? No email on your phone. Like this one is huge, you guys. No one in the world needs to be reachable 24-7. Like I really believe that. Like there's a good chance that nobody needs you in this exact moment. As if the text messages and the phone calls weren't enough, why on earth do we need constant dings and vibrations and notifications telling us that we've got another email? especially when like most of it is junk. Oftentimes, most emails are not urgent whatsoever. So why take this opportunity to sit there on your phone and look at it or have to log in to delete it or reply to it? Between spam, business matters, and personal lives, I would say that less than 2% of your emails are actually urgent. And if you're thinking, well, what if somebody needs me? I promise you, if it was truly an emergency, I'm pretty sure people could reach you via phone call or text message or getting in touch with someone else. Take this as permission that you, my friend, do not need to be 100% reachable at every moment. Not every email needs a response. Not every call has to be taken. Be selective with your screen time. Spend less time responding to emails, more time connecting with your favorite people or yourself in real time. Like life is happening right now, right in this moment that you are hearing my voice. It is happening. And email does not have to be along for the ride 24-7. This is something I seriously believe in. One, because we're not very efficient when it comes to responding to emails on our phones. Like I can type probably 10 times faster on my computer and with less errors than on my phone. But also when we are getting notified of new emails dropping in, it's constantly pulling our attention from what we're doing, whether we're doing other work, whether we're trying to be present, whether we're working on a relationship, whatever that is. And so I don't even have the Gmail app on my phone and I do my best to not even log in on my phone because one, I just read things and then I mark them on red. So I'm creating double the work. Does anyone else do that? But two, like I said earlier, email has this way of dictating what our day is going to look like. And so instead of actually tackling our biggest priorities, we're tackling other people's big priorities. And so I have created a system in my business so that I don't even see emails until my team has read them, gone through them, approved them, and then assigned them to me. So it's like, you got to get through like five gates to even get into my inbox. And at that point, that is where I take over. And so nobody needs you in this moment. Chances are so slim that anyone needs to reach you via email on your phone. And so I would just encourage you to set aside time each day. Maybe set aside one hour around lunchtime where you go through your entire inbox, knock it out, get it back to zero, and then log on out. And maybe you can log back in once before you sign off for the day. But if you have your inbox open all day, specifically on your phone, it is going to make you so much less efficient and it is going to constantly pull your attention from the things that you likely should be doing.
There's a reason half of business travelers do not use their company's chosen travel management platform. Booking business travel is ridiculously outdated. It's time-consuming and costly. If you're frustrated with your company's travel management program or lack thereof, consider TripActions. TripActions takes the pain out of corporate travel with a complete solution that helps businesses save and keeps employees happy. It's the first travel management platform designed from the ground up with the road warrior in mind. It's easy to book your company's business travel from the app or desktop. They even have 24-7 proactive support around the globe and incentives for employees to save on travel expenses. Companies see over 90% adoption and save up to 34% of travel spend when they use trip actions. Names like Lyft and Sara Lee's Frozen Bakery trust trip actions actions with their business travel. TripActions rewards travelers for saving their company money, and they'll reward you just for checking them out. Reshape your company's business travel today with TripActions. Head to tripactions.com slash golddigger, complete a 30-minute demo with a TripActions account executive, and you'll get a $100 Amazon gift card. But it's for this month only. Head to tripactions.com slash golddigger for a free demo and a $100 Amazon gift card. Gold diggers, do you have goals for your business? Of course you do. And these goals might require a new skill or polishing up on the basics in order to reach them. Skillshare is an amazing resource for entrepreneurs like us who want to elevate our businesses. Skillshare is this online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, and so much more. As my role in running this little empire evolves, I am so interested in learning about management and leadership to ensure I am running my team in its fullest potential. I took a course on leadership essentials, how to give and receive feedback, and it was so eye-opening and productive. From classes in photography, illustration, leadership, and entrepreneurial topics, you name it, they've got it. Whatever I'm looking to learn, Skillshare is where I look. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering Gold Digger listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, head to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger to start your two months today. That is Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger. Enjoy. Now, number four is this. It's going to make me sound like Angelina Jolie or something, but you do not have to give out your number to everyone who asks. Uh, I know it sounds silly, but seriously, guys, do you want everyone to be able to reach you? Well, giving out a phone number used to be like no big thing because if you weren't home, it just went to your voicemail and you answered it on your time. But now, since our phones are with us 24-7, do people really need to have access to us like that? Like. I don't want them to, and I don't want this to sound diva-ish at all, but I am super careful about who I give my phone number to. Not because I'm like too good for people to hand it out or anything of that nature, but because I want as few of people to be able to reach me as possible. Like I want my phone to be a vessel to connect me with Drew, my family, and my actual friends, like not people I met in passing who text me months later and say, hey, I have a favor or I have a question for you. 
And so this goes for everything in your life. Like be protective of your own boundaries. If you are constantly saying yes to things that don't really feel right or things that you don't want to do, or you're handing out your phone number to people that you don't necessarily want to connect with, like what's the point? I'm going to be totally honest right now. I have 90 unread text messages on my phone. I posted a screenshot in my Instagram stories the other day and like so many people were like freaking out for me. And the truth is, is that I hate texting. Like I think it's the biggest waste of time. Voice text me so I can hear your voice and we can communicate way faster. Give me a call, even though I kind of hate talking on the phone or like, let's just connect. And I have gotten so protective of my phone number. I've wanted to change my phone number for years because it's the phone number I've had forever. And I think that what happens is people have this direct line to you and then you feel like you have to respond. And and I do my best to respond, but chances are like I'm working. My head is down. I'm, I'm not free all day to text all day. And so a lot of times I just... I suck at it. And so nowadays, like I do not give out my phone number until it is absolutely necessary. Even with my wedding clients, when I was a wedding photographer, they didn't get my phone number until the week before the wedding because they didn't need to have it until that point. And I just want to protect that. I want to protect myself from messages that come at times that will pull me out of my life and pull me back into work. And so it can be awkward. I get it to not hand out a phone number. But I always say like, hey, if you really want to get in touch with me, reach out to my email because my team will make sure I get back to you. And then that way you're not blowing people off, but you're still protecting that 10 digit number. You know, like this is a tiny step that can make a huge impact. I was recently talking to a girl that was in my mastermind and she said, the number one thing I want to learn from you is boundaries because you have the best boundaries out of anyone I've ever met. And I kind of laughed because I tend to be a little bit more closed off in terms of protecting myself. But over the last few years, especially with our fertility journey and just everything going on, I realized so intimately that I have a very limited amount of energy. And if I really want to impact the world, like if I really want to make a difference, I have to protect that energy big time. Like I have to protect the way that I'm letting people influence me. I have to protect the way that I'm letting people get in touch with me. I have to protect the way that people are communicating with me because I know as somebody who loves what she does, like I can get sucked in just like everyone else. And so if I really want to create, if I really want to create the things that will change the world, then I have to protect that energy. And to me, that looks like boundaries. And to me, that also looks like not giving up my phone number very often. Number five is this, assess yourself. One of my last tips is see how bad your phone addiction actually is. I have used the app Moment almost daily to assess where I'm at in terms of phone usage. It basically just tracks how many hours a day you're on your phone and it rates you green, yellow, or red based on how many hours you're spending on it. And yes, hours. Isn't that crazy? And I'm just shocked at what I see. Moment is an app that's an iOS app and it automatically just tracks how much you use your phone and your iPad each day. And if you're using your phone too much, you can set daily limits on yourself and be notified when you're about to go over. You can even force yourself off your device when you're over your limit. And so it's just a really cool way to kind of check yourself before you wreck yourself. It also measures 
all sorts of statistics that can show how often you are truly using your phone, how often you're picking it up and opening it. And I honestly think the results could astound you. Like it opened my eyes to see how easy it is to just pick up my phone when there is a moment of boredom or downtime. Like, yikes. Sometimes you just need a little dose of reality to create change. And I can definitely say that tracking my phone usage has changed my relationship with my phone for the better. Like, it's almost like this daily challenge to use it less and less and less every single day. And there are days where I look at how many times I picked it up and I'm like, holy cow, like, what was going on? Did I feel crappy about myself? Was I avoiding work? Was I too invested in something? Did I go down the rabbit hole? And so I've been trying to really just analyze like, why am I picking it up? Am I bored? Am I sad? Am I looking for affirmation? Do I need that dopamine hit? What does that look like? And so I think it's really important to assess yourself and to drag in your loved ones if you're really struggling with this. Like Drew and I will argue sometimes and I'm like, babe, get off your phone. He's like, you were on your phone all day. And then I'm like, I was working. And we really try to help each other have boundaries. So we have rules like no cell phones on date night. So our phones go in the glove box when we go out to dinners. When we're on vacations, we really try to leave our phones behind and just help kind of hold each other accountable because we both know that we can totally fall short in this area. And it's kind of like this thing where if one person picks up their phone, then the other one feels like they have permission to do that. And so we have to work together as a team. So number five, assess yourself, like get really honest. How are you doing? What's going on in your life? How are you mentally doing? Like, how are you feeling about yourself? Are you feeling great? Are you feeling less than? What does your usage look like and and how much worth are you putting your phone and what it tells you on your world? We have to take back control. You are in control of the way that you use it, of the weight that you give it, of its ability to derail you or make you feel good. And so assess yourself before you wreck yourself, right? (laughs) So here are 10 extra quick tips. Now that you have my five main tips to ensure that your phone is used for good and that you're going to work on reducing your screen time every day, we are in for a treat, right? But those are my best go-tos. Here are some extra tips, tricks, and hacks to ensure that you are using your phone less and less every day, most of which require being self-aware and actively changing habits that encourage less screen time. Number one, nurture other interests, like invest in your hobbies, those passions, continue developing real life interests and skills. Don't use your phone as like a reward, reward yourself with something beyond that, something that really sets your passions on fire. Number two, communicate. If you want to make an effort to use less screen time, be open with your spouse or your friends or your team and tell them how to best reach you, what your boundaries are and what that's going to look like. Number three, an easy way to reduce phone usage is to keep your phone out of sight. Like it is amazing how much the out of sight, out of mind saying applies to phone usage. Drew and I used to hide each other's phones in the house and not tell each other where we put them just so that we would get off of them. So if you need to play a little game of hide and seek, 
I, Jenna Kutcher, encourage it. (laughs) Also, just turning off notifications. It's one of the easiest ways to reduce your use. When your phone buzzes, it's more easy for you to pick it up and use it or to feel the sense of urgency. And so I do not have notifications on for any apps, like none of them. So you can check them when you feel like it, but you don't have to check them all the time when something drops in. Maybe number five, you can delete some of your apps. Like every so often I delete some of my most used apps just like as a little reset. And also usually because I'm running out of storage on my phone, let's be honest. But it is amazing how much this clarifies in terms of how often you are actually logging into things that you said you weren't going to. Number six, identify your phone triggers. Is there anything in particular that keeps you reaching for your phone? Pay attention, identify these small moments, create actions in place that will result in less phone usage. I have this awful habit where if I can't remember something, I'll just quit Google it. And then I'm like, I'm not even able to like use my memory anymore. And so I really challenge myself to wait 10 minutes before I Google anything, hoping that my brain will actually remember how to kick in. It's kind of sad, right? Number seven, make conscious efforts to interact with people in person rather than via your phone meet for coffee or dinner instead of FaceTiming, things like that. And when you are at events or coffee dates or dinner dates, put your phone away. Put it away. Don't even bring it in. Just don't even bring it in. When I used to go out to dinner with my girlfriends, I would bring in my purse and I'd make everyone put their phones in it because it was so easy for us to all sit at the same table and scroll. And so you have to really let people know that they are your priority. Number eight, do not use your smartphone as a wall. Like if you find it easier to communicate through messaging or social media or to vent online, you got to do some inner work. Like what's going on in your world that that is the case? Like I am an introvert through and through, through and through. And sometimes my phone like feels like a way to break off from reality if I'm feeling overwhelmed or overstimulated. But I have to figure out like, how can I take care of myself and set boundaries that protect myself while also not just relying on a screen to distract me? Number nine, turn off your phone or put it out of sight. Placing your phone in a drawer at work or leaving it in another room or charging it somewhere else can help reduce the anxiety of wanting to check it. Number 10, notice your boredom. Like oftentimes when we're just laying on the couch looking at our phone, we could be doing something much more productive and fulfilling. And so figure out like where is it that you're wasting time and use that time to go on a walk or bake some cookies or look at old photo albums, like change things up. Lastly, before I sign off, I just want to encourage you because as an entrepreneur, chances are that you really struggle with phone use. And I want to just share a story in closing about how that's really changed specifically for me and my team. When I first started building a team, we relied heavily on text messages, like heavily. And so every morning I would text Caitlin, we would voice text about what was going to happen for the day. During launches, we were texting at 10 p.m. at night with my team like Danielle, and we were always constantly reachable. We really did not have good boundaries. And I don't even know if this episode is sponsored by Slack, but whatever, we use Slack. Like we genuinely use it every single day, and it has changed the game for the way that we do business. 
Basically, it kind of works like an AOL instant messenger system, but what it does is it creates boundaries. So I can see when my team is online, I can leave messages for them to get when they log back in, and we can communicate there. So there is zero texting that happens within my team without asking for permission. Isn't that crazy? So now if I have something like this morning, I gave Caitlin a call. I messaged her on Slack and said, hey, are you free? If you are, let me know. I'd love to give you a call to chat through something. But it has freed all of us up so much more mentally to know that nothing is really urgent. We don't have to be available at all hours. We're not getting texts that pull us back into work when we're trying to be present. And so Slack has been just really huge for us. And it really has changed the game in the way that we communicate and the way that we actually have boundaries that respect our life and our work. So there you guys go, gold diggers. You have no excuse. I have equipped you as well as I can. This episode was jam-packed with little tips and tricks and hacks that you can implement today in order to balance your relationship with technology. Like life is full of choices. And I think that today is a perfect day to choose to invest less in screen time, more in real life. Like, what do you say? One of your friends or family members or even your spouse could use a message like this episode. Why don't you take a second and just share it with them? It means so much to me. And together, little by little, we can all fight back on the screen obsession and get back to the real life magic. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your big goals. And I know, I know you're probably listening on your phone. So thank you for tuning into the show, but I hope you sign on off and get back to your life now. Thanks for listening to the gold digger podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. You gold digger, you.